You're listening to Have Kids, They Said. It will be fun, they said. Or so we thought. I'm Danielle Rivenbark, and with me is my co-host and wonderful husband, Jerry. I'm Jerry Rivenbark, and I have so much fun alongside my amazing wife being parents to Gardner, who was three, Katie Jane, who was two, and still who is now four months. This week we have something a little different. Amy DeMeo is a friend of mine from high school. We reconnected recently with a common denominator being our kids. Amy has a son, Caden, who is about to turn four, so he's just a little older than Gardner. But his life is a little different than Gardner's. So to give you a little background on Amy, she grew up in a large Italian family. She was one of four kids and her mom was one of five. So big family dinners were a way of life. And as you can imagine, they were loud, fun, and full of love all keeping Jesus Christ at the center of it. As a result, Amy wanted to have a big family, but at the same time, wasn't really sure if she wanted to have kids or not. She didn't really want to go through labor, and she didn't think that breastfeeding was really for her either. She also really didn't even know if she was fit to be a mother, and I can totally empathize with that. But when she and her husband started trying, it didn't take long before they were pregnant, and her sister was pregnant too. Michael and I started to try and we got pregnant around three months of trying. And um, I knew when my sister had gotten pregnant, because we both were trying at the same time, we wanted to have our kids around the same age. Mm-hmm. My sister got pregnant right off the bat. And I remember walking home because we lived right around the corner from them and saying, all right, God, it wasn't my time. I'm not ready to be a mother yet. And I remember feeling disappointed, but I remember also hearing a voice saying like, you know, I'm not ready to be a mother. I have to be ready mentally or just be prepared. I knew I was going to, and maybe that's why I felt like I didn't want to have kids because I always felt like there was something that I was going to have to be strong for. It's hard to explain, but looking Mm -hmm. back, it all makes sense. Yeah. um, we got pregnant in our third month and I immediately was scared and I started researching and getting on Facebook pages to get support and, um, immediately turned my head on my whole opinion on nursing and having a baby. And then Caden came and I was just like, why was I so scared to have a child? Amy and her husband, Michael were overjoyed when they had Caden, but when Caden was 15 months old, he had a seizure. We first noticed that Caden had a seizure when he was 15 months old. Oh my, God. my parents at the time were living with us. They sold their house so fast in Jersey that they moved down to into our house mm-hmm. um, when Caden was two months. So we're all in the family room and all of a sudden Caden just falls to his, like to his behind and then starts falling to the one side and doesn't hit his head, but Michael caught him and loses consciousness that I'm like calling him and he's looking past me, not responding. And it was one of the scariest moments of my life. But that's when we noticed he had a seizure. So we took him to the emergency room. And I remember being told, all right, he had a seizure. Could have been because of his fever that he had. He had a high fever. I forget what the number was. But this is something that they see often. Yeah. And I remember saying to the nurse, So he had a seizure, no big deal. I had no idea what a seizure was. I had no idea the um, severity of it, but it was very popular. So I'm like, okay, he has seizure, no big deal. They're like, no, 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 this is a big deal, but we see it all the time, so don't be worried. It could just be a one-time thing. 
Um, so I'm like, okay. So two weeks goes by, and again, Caden loses consciousness, falls to the side, same thing, no response. We take him to the emergency room. They schedule um, a 20, um, a, I want to say like a 30-minute awake um, EEG, which is basically where they put like little electroloids like um, on onto their skull, like on the outside, and they just check the brain waves to see. They try to do different things to see if he'll have a seizure and, um, you know, just to check his brain. Mm-hmm. So he had that seizure and then... Then he had another one like four days later awake in the bathtub. And this became like an every, I would say, three-day thing that we Yeah. Now, by looking back in the pictures, I'm pretty sure Caden was having seizures while we were um, holding him, while I was changing his diaper. I have a picture of him on putting his hands up. Now, like it looks like a seizure, but it almost looked like, oh, he's riding a motorcycle. And the seizures didn't stop. Amy opted not to go back to work. Instead, she had a photography business and does some workouts with Beachbody online on the side so she can care for Caden around the clock. She really has to stay near him all the time. As an example, he would walk in the kitchen and he was trying to scare Michael. And then all of a sudden, boom, he fell back, had a seizure and hit his head on the pile. While he was having his seizures awake, They would last between 30 seconds to um, like three minutes. They weren't too long compared to what other children and other epileptic patients have, but they were enough to like he could hit his head. So we'd be out in the park. Walking even on concrete was a fear. Um, Taking baths. He had his third seizure while he was in the bathtub. And thank God I was sitting right next to him. I've heard of people running out of the room to go get a towel and stuff. But if I ever ran out of the room while he was in the bathtub, even though he was okay, because he was in like a couple inches of water at the time, 15 months old, a year and a half, like you can like go like turn around real quick or whatever. And, you know, not be in arm's length and think your child's okay. But had Caden not been so close to me, he could have drowned from water intake. This stuff is absolutely terrifying, but let's stop to explain really quick what a seizure is. A seizure is a sudden surge of electrical activity in the brain. And as a result, a person can go from feeling dizzy or have a headache to seeing flashing lights and be unable to hear. And of course, it can manifest itself as tremors, twitching, or shaking. And people can lose consciousness and black out. And then when a seizure ends, a person's really weak and tired, probably has a headache and an upset stomach. Chronic seizures are called epilepsy. And epilepsy is really hard to diagnose and treat. And Caden's situation is no different. So when Caden has a seizure, sometimes he fell to the right, like I explained to Danielle. And um, so he loses consciousness and that part of the brain was coming from the left side because he fell to the right. Um, There's a couple of different kinds of seizures. The most popular one is a focal, which means the seizure stays in that one part of the brain. Caden was having seizures um, before his brain surgery. He was having seizures, two parts on the left side, both the front and the back, and then one part on the right side. So he was, it was bouncing off the walls and going crazy that he is actually one, I've, I want to say like maybe nine cases 
in the entire world of known seizures and stuff of epilepsy that um they really were trying to figure out what's best for him and they didn't have much for me to relate to but um he like some people could stop breathing which Caden did before his brain surgery we have an oxygen tank we were calling 911 a good amount of the time um and then after his brain surgery he now only has them while he's sleeping so hence why I do not sleep Michael for the Bless him, bless his heart. He tries to stay up, but I, I don't even sleep because I'm checking him throughout the middle of the night. Because a lot of seizures could happen when he gets to a certain realm of sleep. That any little movement of the bed, if an alarm goes off, the dog jumps off the bed, and then moving of the sheets or like just even stirring him can stir him into a seizure because the patterns in his like the brain waves in his in his brain moves. And it causes like a high, um, a high and low, like I guess you would say, spark in his brain that he goes into a seizure. I could not imagine. I will say that the most impressive thing about Amy is her commitment to God through all of this, and I know that's what gets her through the long days and nights. I've been the same. Wherever, whatever kind of situation or storm that you're in, somebody is having it worse than you. Oh, are. oh yeah. We, I mean, we said it on the, I think true. the first podcast, or I believe it was. It was one. We only done two, but it was like um, I always, I live my life by, you know, God will never do more than you did than He did to Job, and yeah. that's I was like, you know, I've lived my life with that kind of mindset. You know, no matter how bad things get, it's all about perspective. Exactly. A lot of people don't have that. Tell us how, um, tell us how God brought you all through this. Cause I know how, how deep rooted in faith you are. Yes. Thank God. Because had I not been, I don't know how some people go through their struggles and their storms without having like the hope that Jesus gives us. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a family that we went to church. I went on mission trips I was involved in the church and youth group. My mom was the director of our drama club and VBS, and I grew up in the church. So I've yeah. always had that to lean on. Um, I never walked without Jesus or at least knowing that I had him with me. Um, was my relationship with him 100% perfect? Absolutely not. And it could still use some room. But what really stems from this is it it reminds you that you are strong with God. Mm-hmm. And I therapy for me would be listening to music. So that was kind of like my root of getting me through this is just hearing the words that these Christian uh, creatives artists have with their words, um, you know, giving you that hope and the stuff that they would sing was like a worship. I would remember crying in the parking lot at Publix and just like letting the words soak in. And my relationship has gotten so strong because I had to be strong. And I, the only way to be strong and actually look at this, like there's something positive in this is by with God. So um, honestly, the way that I stayed strong was, um, always putting myself in the word and never giving the enemy room to put that doubt and, um, you know, that fear in me. Don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fear. There was a lot of anxiety, but wherever I left my relationship with God, 
is as long as that was in the middle. And the same thing with Michael was always supportive. And he he believes in God. He accepted Christ into his heart about, I would say, when Caden was really a baby. He accepted Christ into his heart around the time that we got married. So in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, but his relationship obviously got stronger and you know, in the Bible, it says, as you get stronger to God together, you get uh, closer together. So by always just being in the word, listening to podcasts, giving mo- getting motivation through songs, um, reading the Bible and posting things around my house with the Bible verses as a reminder, like not letting the enemy get to me was like how I got through this. And had Kata not, I wouldn't change a thing because had Kata not have epilepsy, yes, we all go through storms, but this was the kind of thing that God knew that I can get through to bring um, more people closer and inspire other people that their storm is not bigger than God. That's amazing. Um, you know, greater is he than in me than in the world. And, Amen. you know, that's what I, you know, I was raised in church from the time I knew how to, you know, knew anything. Um I was always going to church as a kid. And uh, if you had said your walk was 100% with Jesus, I would have hung this podcast. (laughs) Because there's no one, you know. But that's the the goal. You always strive to be that. And I think for our listeners that really aren't going through anything necessarily like you, yourself, and everything, the best way I can relate to what you're saying about the music is almost like when you go through a breakup. That song you've heard a million times, all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, I get it now. I, I remember tracks of my tears, Smokey Robinson. I went through a breakup. Like that's what he was talking about. I didn't know it, you know. Or when you have kids, um, when you have children. Uh, oh gosh, everything. I'm oh, always like crying. I'm an now. emotional wreck. My friend and I, a friend of mine uh, who listens to this podcast, who like this one. Um, we went to go see Logan, and he has a little girl, and we have a little girl also. And um, the little girl, then spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Uh, she says, Daddy, as he's like, you know, Hugh Jackman's passing away. And uh, we're sitting there just like wiping tears from our eyes. Like, what in the world? You know, what is, what is wrong with us? But it's, it's, you know, things, when you have things go on in your life, things speak to you in different ways than they might not have in the past. And absolutely, that's what, you know, for our listeners, I'm like, you know, really? Music is like, that's how God, God can speak to you in so many different ways that you don't even know. And, uh, and I mean, it could be a sunrise, it could be anything, but for you, obviously music and verse and, you know, stuff like that, that is the way, you know, it really, he really speaks to you. People think when they hit non-Christians or, uh, people that aren't in church or anything, when they say, you know, I I remember, I'm not trying to get political, but Mike Pence says he talks to God every day. And, you know, people were like, what is he talking about? It's like, he's not literally speaking with God. We're not having, you can talk. But he speaks to you in a different way. He speaks to you through song, through different things, through your children, through family. And that's how he speaks to you, not in a literal, so, Jerry, how are you doing today? You know, it's not, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not like the Old Testament. Yes, <laughs> yes, I don't have a burning bush sitting outside the house. <laughs> you know? Don't we wish we had that, though? Oh, I mean, oh, there, and there were, there were times that I would love to say, you know, and, I, I, and you know, you can't say, I, can't, I couldn't believe that you would be, like, God, why is this happening? Especially at the beginning. Because... Or I would be as a parent, like, let it happen to me, not my child. And, you, you know, right. but then you got to think, you know, Jesus sent his only begotten son. You know, if he's willing to put that sacrifice up for me, you know, I, I've got to abide and by what he goes, that stands for. So. Amen. Yeah. As you heard, Amy is very rooted in her faith, especially through song. 
Here's some inspirational lyrics that got her through some of her really difficult times. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust in you. And that's when I was like, oh, man, like that is so true. It's like God's plan is bigger than our plan. And I want God to move this mountain. I want him to take Caden away from, like take this epilepsy away from him, draw out this epilepsy from him, stop his seizures. Let me walk through this journey. And um, I can't, I'll trust you. And I, I trust that you, our plan is far better. And we are going to bring glory to God mm-hmm. through this. And I, that's when I really realized like, man, you know, I got to trust God. If I'm going to, go like all hard in and trust that God has a bigger plan. These are the words that I need to sing to myself. These are the words that I need to instill in my son to give him the strength that maybe, you know, we all go through these trials Mm -hmm. and we go through these storms and to bring glory to God and like things happen to us or happen to our family members to open up other doors for other people. And if Canaan's going to have this epilepsy, we don't know the reason why we go through storms, you know, and who knows, maybe Caden's going through this epilepsy. So eventually when he gets older, I can show him how he could be strong through God and not be fearful. Like, like a lot of other people going through storms and be depressed and just really give all the glory to God and be positive that, you know what, let's go through this storm together and we will, we will fight this out. If that means that my son's going to get saved and my son's going to become drawing closer to God, then let's do this. this I mean, is I can absolutely God. do Bible study you know? right now. I mean, we'd have church right here if we had time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm almost crying over here. Her testimony is so incredible. Her fight, and more importantly, Caden's fight, is far from over. Epilepsy is one of the more difficult diseases to study. So much of the time, you have to be in the hospital, hooked up to all kinds of monitors so that the brain scan can catch a seizure in its midst. This means spending a lot of time in the hospital, exploring options for brain surgery, and different medications to try to get the seizures to stop. Amy has done it all. Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways that you can actually test for epilepsy. There's obviously different causes. Um, people will have epilepsy just because it's mm. in their genes. So it's there's an actual gene um, mutation is what they call it. So I, um, you know, I asked for that. Like, what is causing Caden seizures? His EEG is another different kind of testing, which is this electrolytes that um, basically scan the outside of your skull like that well like the top of your brain but that can scan it through your skull like on top so there's no decisions um and they read your brain waves that way um another one is a video eeg which kaden always got because that would show like the eye movement so that could indicate the direction of where the seizure starts from um, there is MRIs, there's a spec scan and a PET scan, um, a CT scan and MEG scan. And those scans are all pretty much similar, just a different way of getting a layer of the brain. So the easiest way to kind of describe those kind of scans, um, it was a, it was a two week hospitalization that Caden could have. So they would test, they would, um, 
scan his brain with a normal, like no seizures around that time. And they scan his brain for the, like the MRI. Then they, he, Caden would uh, be in the hospital and they would have two scheduled sessions for the, the ink person to be there. And basically as soon as Caden has a seizure, there is a person sitting right next mm-hmm. to us in the bed the whole day and waiting for Caden to have a seizure. As soon as Caden has a seizure, they inject him with the ink and rush him downstairs to the MRI. Um, for that to not really happen is very normal, but we prayed and we wanted to get right. these answers. It basically will show the hot spots of his seizures and quote, end quote, the dead spots of no activity. So where is the activity coming from to kind of indicate where his seizures are really coming from? And then, like I said, the genetic testing, all of those scans came back where, well, we think he's having seizures in this spot, but it's very hard to figure out where. So it wasn't enough information to really say, okay, let's take this part of his brain out, which is why Caden had a two, another step of surgery. And he, they had the first surgery that they had, they opened up his skull on both sides since they were seeing activity. And put 254 direct wires directly Jeez. onto his brain, kind of like the EEG. But this was connected to his brain. So his skull was left open for a week and a half. And then we had to get enough data. So Caden had to get seizures for that. And then once we figured out where they were coming from, then that's where we decided. Now, the doctors gave us three options to pick from. And we were like, what? You can't tell us what to do. So until now, Amy and her husband, Michael, were following the next steps of the doctors. But then they were given just three options. Close up his brain and do nothing, which sometimes can make the seizures go away. Take part of the brain on the left side out so that the seizures only happen on one side of the brain. And then the seizure would be unable to travel to the other side. And also maybe paralyze the right side. Or just try to continue managing it with medication. They chose to take out part of the brain on the left side and paralyze the right side of Caden's brain in the hopes to not have any other seizures. A week and a half after having brain surgery for the first time, Caden went in for a second surgery. When he came out, they hoped that he would be seizure-free. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. But this time, the seizures were a little different. They didn't go away. The characteristic of the seizures are a little bit different. Like I said, he would stop. He would stop breathing most of the time for a good two minutes, um, which we would then give him oxygen and give him a rescue med, and that usually would take him out of his seizure. Since his brain surgery, thank you Jesus, he continues to breathe. His oxygen goes low, but not low enough where I, I've had to give him oxygen like maybe three times since his surgery within a, over a year ago. Amy's a girl after my own heart. She would meticulously document every seizure that he had all day and night, including the severity, what he was doing right before the seizure, how long it lasted, how long it took him to recover. And now, armed with the documentation and noticing that the seizures were different, Amy started exploring other medication to manage the seizures, including the controversial natural remedy CBD oil, which stands for cannabidiol oil. It comes from the marijuana plant and can be described as all the benefits of marijuana without the high you get from regular marijuana. 
Okay, so we all grow up. I'm just going to start with this. We all grow up hearing about these kids are smoking marijuana and you do, you start to become, I guess, immune to like looking at that, like, oh, there's those potheads. And, oh, absolutely. You know, so I remember before I had even gotten pregnant, somebody walks up to me asking me to sign a petition for the marijuana, the CPD oil or THC. I forget exactly what he wanted, but he wanted me to sign a petition saying that we could legalize it in the state of Florida. And I remember, are you serious? That is not, like, <laughs> absolutely not. You just want to get high. Like, absolutely not. You know, that was the worst get thing. Get away I- from me, stoner. Yeah. You hippie. Right? Get away, you hippies. Yeah. But because we grow up in a society where we judge, we don't really do our research. Right. Yeah. What does the research say about the CBD oil? Is it, have you, like, read up on a lot of success with it? I have. So CBD oil is the abstract without the THC. Yeah, it doesn't get you the high or whatever. Right. So it does like the plant. It's kind of like um, oils. If you were to use certain oils together from the natural plant rather than buying it at the grocery store as the plant with added stuff in it, you know, the plant itself, if it's just by itself, is going to be stronger than going through a whole bunch of different processing. And that's what I have found is there's different ways to get the oils. Caden doesn't need to relax. He's not having 30 seizures a day. Mm -hmm. He's having eight minute seizures once a day. Thank God. He's not having 30 where he's in so much pain that he can't even like sit up and um, interact with children his age. So that's why we decided to go without him. Could there almost, and, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, so go with me on this, Amy. Is there a chance, is there ever a case that you worry about being at paralysis by analysis? Like you're so informed, like, and so informed that you, like, are nervous about, you know, doing things, you know, because you're, because I remember, I, the, the only reason I say this is because I remember when we were pregnant, wife was pregnant with Gardner, baby number one. Um, she showed me a list on some app and it was like all these things not to do. Like if you're pregnant, stay away from this, that, this, and that. I said, honey, if you did this to the letter, you would literally have to live in a bubble. And I'm not even sure that would work at that point. Like, you know, and, yeah. I, and I, like I said, I don't mean to demean, I, I truly believe you were very informed, but it's more or less playing devil's advocate here. Um, you know, it's yes. just like really just what do you, is there ever a point where you're like, maybe I know too much about this. Like, or, you know, like maybe I'm so informed that, you know, because you said that you're so nervous about giving him diastat, you know, you said like, yeah. is, it, is there yep. a case with the say vaccines and all these different things that you, you've seen so much and heard so much and read so much and learned so much. It's like, you're, it almost like, it almost paralyzes you in a sense If that, if that, if that's, I don't mean to overstep that that's not the case. Oh, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And and uh, thankfully, I start recognizing that it is controlling my decision-making, um, that I go on these Facebook pages, ask these questions, and I have to go on mm-hmm. there asking these questions, knowing that everyone is different. And just because right. these people are feeling a certain way doesn't necessarily mean Caden is. I wish mm-hmm. Caden was a little bit more um, not delayed in his speech and able to tell me his symptoms. And when I go on these pages, when I research, if I get to a point where I'm either getting overwhelmed or starting to cloud my judgment, I pull myself off. Um, I was able to watch my sister go through her child with reflux um, and needing a G-tube and how she was like hooked on her Facebook page, getting all of these notes that 
it clouded her judgment. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I promised myself is I'm never going to do that. Like if I start to realize I'm getting so confused, get off. Um, if I'm trying to get negative, I get off. These pages sometimes turn into negative. I, I get myself off those pages. There's Debbie Downers and yeah. you just, that's not the page for you, you know? Oh, yes. And that's life. And I do believe that there's a part of us that has, you know, thousands of years of instinct. And, you know, you you talk about maternal instincts. And I feel like sometimes we will dull them down with those things. Like it does take a village and you do want to lean on the people. I mean, God knows we wouldn't be doing this podcast (laughs) uh, if we didn't, you know, want to just help people and give advice. But at the end of the day, I think sometimes you have to rely on those maternal or paternal instincts. To help your viewers, if people are not necessarily doesn't you your child doesn't have to be going through epilepsy, um, you could be feeling alone that you need to do this research. But don't ever be fearful of telling family or other friends uh, that if you you basically I an easy way to put it is my family and friends mean the best and they give me their opinions like hey maybe it's this or hey i found this or i saw this but little do they know that they are clouding my judgment they don't know exactly day in and day out of what i'm doing if if i'm trying to deal into um you know the next decision for my son and you're sending me this video or this research kindly let family or friends know saying like, thank you. I appreciate this. I'll let you know if I need any more information. And I had to tell family, thank you, but please um, send this information to my husband next time. So my husband can filter in what I need and what I don't read. Cause it was like, they have no idea what I'm trying to research and you could be clouding my judgment and you mean well, but you could be clouding my judgment and, Moms think that they go through one thing, that that's exactly what their other child's going through, and it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know? Absolutely. So how does all of this stuff affect um, you? Because in the beginning you said, oh, I really wanted to have a a big family. You came from a big family. Um, Not putting you on the spot, but, like, how has this really changed, like, how you think about what you want for your family? Well, it's changed. I, I mean, I wanted to have five kids by the time I was 30 and I'm, I just turned 32 and I have one child. <laughs> so, but my focus is Caden right now. And I have to say like, that's okay. Our plan is not, my plan is not what God's plan is. Um, daily, daily struggles is, uh, is real in our household. Um, making plans to go out with friends or choosing to put Caden into school is even a decision factor that we have to pray about. Um, Caden gets tired very easily. He could one day have a migraine and just be super emotional. Um, I believe he has some kind of autism, which I'm not getting tested because we're already doing everything that we would do for a child with autism anyways, that why put him through that test? I don't blame you. And eating is even a decision factor. Um, I started to notice a huge trigger for Kanan is Dunkin' Donuts munchkins. Um, If he has a munchkin, he's having a seizure that night. If he... Yeah, certain diets. So we're on mostly gluten-free. I realized that he does much better and... Um, I even stumped a nutritionist in our hospital visit that now every time we go to a different hospital, I have a nutritionist cross-reference 
gluten, like celiac with epilepsy because my mom does have um, celiac and other issues with, that kind of stems from the digestion tract that I am gluten sensitive. Mm -hmm. I don't have celiac. Uh, I don't have celiac yet, but I have a sensitivity to it. So it's very likely that Caden does. Um, so just like different things, eating, dye. When Caden and I put him into a little sports group at the very end, children all get these lollipops. And immediately I start to worry, is my child feeling like he's not getting what the other children are getting? So what do I do? I have to be prepared. I get these gluten-free, dye-free, organic pops that are made from beet juice. And Caden likes them. He doesn't know any difference. And he has a nice, uh, he has a lollipop just like those kids. So it's just more being prepared. And you have to think around his nap time and um, we can't go to certain restaurants. If we go to certain restaurants, I have to ask people sometimes to turn the music down. We don't go to the movie theaters unless we schedule a special um, slot, which there's a movie theater by us that will have a sensory viewing, but they don't have the lights on. So they open up earlier for us. Caden's been to the movies twice. So just like stuff like that, it's like, it's not just a diet. It's everything affects him. Despite Amy's challenges with Caden, she does everything to make sure that he's included. And her dreams of having a big family? Well, she's found other ways to fulfill that desire. Her entire family relocated to Florida one after the next. And although Caden doesn't have any siblings of his own, he has plenty of cousins. He currently is one of nine grandchildren, soon to be 11 grandchildren for her parents, as Amy's sister is pregnant with twins due in September. In fact, both of her sisters have twins. Twins seem to run in her family, which actually may be reason for Amy not to have more kids, though I'm going to have to leave that up to her. Everyone in her family is obviously sleep-deprived with all those kids running around, ranging from ages 1 to 12. But not as much as Amy. Amy is my hero, in fact, for what she does. I asked her about when she sleeps, if she's constantly having to monitor Caden day in and day out, and at nighttime. It's pretty much a 24-hour job. The kind of sleep I get is, you know, I feel like you're little, and you're coming home from, like, church or something yeah. that's, like, maybe two towns over, and you fall asleep in the car, and you start to turn onto your street, and you kind of am aware of your yeah. turns, and you're pulling into that's the kind of sleep that I get. So, like, I'm sleeping, but I'm awake sleeping. Mm. Oh, my gosh. See, honey, that's you don't I have it so bad. Oh, gosh, you know, you're my new hero. I'm, uh, I'm a disaster. I'm just glad we're talking to you so she won't give me a hard time anymore. Like, well, you could have it as bad as Amy. <laughs> I'm happy to help your marriage. <laughs> so marriage isn't the only thing that Amy helped for me. She left us with what people should know about epilepsy, too. Uh, the main important thing is don't judge before um, before you see before you know. Okay, a lot of people when they're having a seizure in public will um, will be wrong in judging that the person's having a drug overdose. So basically, I would love to school um, public schools, and I would love to bring the awareness to public um, shopping places and be part of the training. The most important thing that people need to know is that they can save a life if they know how to do five simple things of helping somebody if they're having a seizure. 
Um, if you're not sure if they're having a seizure, then obviously you're going to call 911 in the first place. But if you realize that someone's having a seizure, the most important thing to do is lay them on their side. Um, and what you want to do is make sure that they're, you know, not surrounding themselves by um, something that could hurt them if they are convulsing. Uh, you don't want to put things in their mouth. There, That's a huge thing that people think you need to put something in their mouth so they don't bite their I mean, let them bite their tongue. They're pretty used to it. If they're going to bite their tongue, they're very used to it. You could break your finger if you are trying to stick something into their mouth. Um, it could also break their jaw. If you stick something in, um, you basically lose control of all your muscles. And another thing you want to do is obviously you want to call 911. Once you get them down to their side, call 911 and then start timing it. Timing could be um, make a difference with uh, medical attention. Um, it, they need to know how long the seizure is for oxygen levels, um, when to instill like a, a rescue med. It's just better to time it because the longer the seizure is, the more likely they could fall into a coma or make a decision factor of like medical attention. Um, and then also another huge controversy is people think that they can't hear you when they're having a seizure. Um, they may not be responding, but they can hear you. I talked to him saying, Caden, you're okay. Mommy's with you. Mommy's in your arms. A lot of people when they have seizures have described to me different stimulation. People can um, be stimulated like they are drowning. Um, so they could be choking on their saliva, but at the same time, they are, it's almost like a bad dream. Uh, they're like a lot of times Caden will stare at certain parts of the room, like at certain shadows or like picture frames. And it's almost like as if he's, he's seeing it, but not able to actually read what it is that there's been times where he was scared. So I talked to him and just talked to the person, let them know they're okay. You're in the store. I'm with you. Medical is on their way. Um, you're doing great. And just tell them a story because that could calm them down so much faster than as if you were just be there and, um, you know, having all this medical attention around you. Now that you're armed with how to physically help someone with a seizure, know that you can also help Caden. Amy has a Facebook group for Caden called Amen for Caden. That's spelled C-A-I-D-E-N. And they have a website, caden-the-ultimate-fighter.myfreesites.net. I'll link both of those up in the show notes. Please go ahead and visit their website to read more about Caden, get updates, and donate to their cause. Currently, they're raising money for a service dog for him. Service dogs are not cheap. In fact, this one is $17,000. That includes all the training of the service dog, the transition of getting the dog. It does not include the week and a half they will have to spend in Ohio to train with the dog themselves. And unfortunately, they can't start that process until they have the funds raised. And the service dog would help with Caden all the time. And... It would allow Amy to get some sleep. And as a sleep-deprived mom myself, I really know the value of this. And of course, Amy had some final advice for us. The best advice I can give you is you're in control of your emotions. And you wake up every single day choosing what decisions you are going to make. Um, it's part of us as a human race 
that we are born with, okay, we're hungry, we're going to eat. You have a decision to choose what you're going to eat. And this is the same thing with your emotions. If you want to be happy, like literally, if you want to be happy, stop complaining. Don't put those words in your mouth and speak them in front of your children. If you if you are going to say like, okay, I want to be more in the word, wake up earlier than your children and read the Bible or listen to worship music or listen to a podcast that will make you a better person and challenge yourself. I couldn't have said it better myself. And I just want to say that I hope for the people listening that they actually enjoyed um uh, for me, my first ever interview of anything. Yeah, something a little different. Yes, I usually do all the talking. So I fun. edited most of that out. Thank you. <laughs> we no, wanted to hear from our our, the, our interviewee yes. more so than us jabbering on. Yes, there was a lot Though of as, as fun as that is. Right, there's a lot of content, <laughs> and I've got to learn the uh, repartee of, you know, the give and take, and thankfully I have somebody as wonderful as you to bring me in. <laughs> I try. Yeah, Um. but I hope that was uh, for other people that we – potentially will interview. Um, I hope that shows that, you know, you're, this is a welcome space to come and talk um, about being parents and we're here for you. And parenting in really tough situations. So we just, we have to make sure that we thank Amy and her whole family. Uh, We know how hard it is to get away from, you know, just being mom and dad. Um, and so for her to be able to spend, gosh, Amy spent probably almost two hours talking to us, yes. uh, which was much longer than the 30, 40 minute episode that you've just heard. Um, but we just want to thank her and her family for being so supportive and just being so open about her experience and getting the word out about epilepsy and just know that parenting is hard and, Everybody has their own version uh, and different situation. And we're so grateful that she was willing to share her experience with us. And so according to my math, um, she fell asleep at least six times during that. At least, yeah, at least. Hours, she yeah. has, uh, she is Wonder Woman when it comes to sleep. And that's hope, for sure. And I hope really, um, just to piggyback on what you said, uh, just gives everyone some perspective on parenting. Um, you know, I had the kids this weekend, and that was brutal. And I, that drove me crazy. Um, but hearing Amy's story, you know. It's just inspiring. Yes. Um, so no matter what you're going through, someone's probably been through a little worse. And I think that's what I really took from that. And they I get mean, through it. And the strength. She has a certain strength and a certain normal, and, um, and we it's really admirable. That. And I want to, I, I really believe that's, you know, especially like being a Christian, I do believe. That's in us, um, in that sense. I do believe that's in us, and I believe you can tap into that. Definitely. That's all I got to say about that. I'm a Forrest Gump. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Have Kids, They Said. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions that you want us to tackle, please email us at havekidstheysaidpodcast at gmail.com. Or better yet, send us a voice memo. If you want to be on our show, also send us an email. And if you like what you hear, tell us. We're in Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, and we'd love for you to rate and review us. And don't forget, tell your friends and family. And I'm just saying, um, I'm keeping tabs on who's reviewing. Uh, <laughs> we got our first review. From my best friend Josh's wife, Anna. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. The reviews do matter. Yes, and uh, I am actually taking stock of friends. So if I don't get reviewed, <laughs> 
<laughs> He's coming for you. You're in the back. Of the <laughs> um, I just, I, I, yeah, I did want to say that I'm amazed that some people have actually come out to their listening, and that is super encouraging because I really wanted to do this to spend time with you yeah. and for other people to. And people actually listen. Yeah, and, and that's, it's amazing. It's, it's very, it's rewarding. Um, there's a little pressure on me in a sense, but I. Don't know. So we'll hopefully see you again in two weeks. Until then, have a great day. I had nothing bad. It was amazing. It was an amazing interview. See ya.